0: From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast.
1: Oh, freedom! Finally, freedom! I got to do a podcast, and there is no Corey. I wish I had claps on my uh, laptop soundboard here, but I don't. And not only did I get rid of Corey for the week, not only is he in uh, the big easy for for New Year's, so he probably won't even make it back alive, but I replaced him with somebody way better, I hope. So we have in studio a jack of all trades, or a Blair of all trades, if you will, uh, Blair Henley how you doing?
0: Hey Brian that was that was quite the build-up I'm feeling the pressure over here.
1: Uh, you're sitting in the Corey chair there is no pressure no pressure.
0: <laughs> well thanks for inviting me this is fun.
1: Yeah not at all I, I ran across you in about 17 different places online in magazines wherever so you do literally everything and you play college tennis is that right?
0: That is correct. I played for Rice University. Go Owls!
1: Now, did you pick them because of the mascot? Come on, now. Let's be honest.
0: The Owls were a plus. All right, I like uh, it. It was it was a plus, but I, I have to say, for me, I I hadn't even heard of Rice when the coach called, but I was like, well, is it is it warm in Houston? Because the other <laughs> schools I was looking at were in the Northeast, and I was not, you know, a Florida girl. Wasn't thinking I could do those northeastern winters, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, it's it's blazing hot in Houston. Come on down." And I went on my recruiting trip, loved it, and
1: there you have there it. There you go. Well, and I didn't and I I didn't ask you if you picked him based on the mascot because you're a girl. I swear, because <laughs> nice. I have never the job at Richmond has coming come open before, and I've never applied for it because I don't want a whole rack of spiders in my closet on all my shirts. It'd creep me out. So. There you have it.
0: You know, I've never thought of that, but that's a great point. What a
1: horrible place to work, to come in. I mean, it's a great school. Right. It's a great academic school, and, uh, you know, I'm from Virginia originally, so it's in my home state, but uh, spiders, come on. Really?
0: Got to stay away from that, for sure.
1: Now, did I hear that Kyrios got bit by a spider?
0: Spider bite on Christmas Day, apparently. <laughs> Randomly, I was just uh, in, uh, emailing with his brother, Christos, who runs the Nick Kyrgios Foundation. Uh, I just did a story on them this summer for the Tennis Magazine Heroes issue. Uh, and so I just put that in an email to Christos saying, hey, hope you guys had a great Christmas. Minus that, <laughs> spider bite.
1: That's you know. the wrong place to get bit by. He's in Australia right now. I mean, he's from there, obviously, but they're also
0: Right, where everything ready. is poisonous. Oh, man. Everything is venomous and can kill you in Australia.
1: Yeah, I so want to go to Australia, but I'm scared to. I'm scared to. There's no chance. What if I would just stay on the beach? Like, literally, not a house on the beach. I mean, my feet on the sand day and night. Not in the water.
0: Not Yeah, stay away from the water. Not back in the brush,
1: okay. right on the beach.
0: That would be good. Stock no point. up on your sunscreen.
1: Poisonous uh, sand crabs, nothing like that?
0: <laughs> not that I know of, but I do not call myself an expert on the Fair. wildlife.
1: So now you are a rice owl. That's right. And you decided, you know what? Just because I play tennis doesn't mean I'm sick of it. Because a lot of people finish college and they've had enough.
0: That That is correct. I I still loved it when I graduated. It was actually kind of a hard transition for me to kind of figure out what was next. I thought for a while that I was going to play some, you know, low level ITF tournaments, see how that went, decided not to. Uh, when I looked at the cost benefit analysis of that was, was yeah. pretty sure I wasn't <laughs> going to be in the top hundred. Uh, I was being realistic with that and thought, okay, well, I, I coached for a while. My dad's a tennis pro. And so I, I coached for a little bit after that, was the volunteer assistant at Rice for a little while and uh, made the transition. I worked as a development, I don't know exactly know what you would call it, at a brand new tennis club in Houston. A lot of Swedish tennis players, Nicholas Kroon was one of the guys who was opening, uh, opening the club. And so they lo- knew tennis, loved tennis, and, and asked me to come on. I learned a lot, and then I got married to a baseball player.
1: So. baseball <laughs> baseball
0: yeah I, know. I tell
1: all our players if you're gonna stay away from one team on this campus it's baseball <laughs> the baseball but we don't have lacrosse <laughs> that's trouble. why all right that's so if fair. we had lacrosse they'd be staying away from lacrosse but it's baseball
0: baseball yeah so, so we met, traveled we now did he traveled play? did he
1: play at rice is that where you met him
0: played at rice yeah, met at rice um got married he was drafted by the um cardinals organization boo and
1: I, oh, i'm a yeah, pirates that,
0: that's fan right that's right you're uh. right Yeah, the Cardinals. The Pirates
1: suck way too bad for me to have any rivals, though, so it doesn't really matter.
0: (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, when you're in the minor leagues of of – The baseball world you're not really attached to any team true so it's you know you kind of just play and hope that things work out for you he ended up having tommy john surgery didn't really recover well from that and you know had to make the transition to real life too so
1: yeah that's that's a wild scene that whole minor league system is a wild scene
0: it is uh you know it's where you are what where you are at what time and and for some guys it works out and for some equally talented guys it doesn't
1: yeah it's really yeah in, in the in moral, immortal words of the best uh, baseball manager the Texas Rangers ever had, that's how baseball go. Yeah. I need to add that to my soundboard. I really do. <laughs> I have a soundboard, and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of pitiful, really, because uh, I don't know how to use it because I'm not a professional broadcaster like you, but some of my favorite ones are Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! That might be the best. It's um, fantastic. So baseball. So you got dragged all over the country.
0: I moved a lot. And, you know, it was great that I was able to teach tennis because I was one of the few baseball wives that worked. Because Yeah, because we're like gypsies. Yeah. We we can do what, Yeah. I mean, I would walk up and, you know, female pros are harder to come by. And so when I was like, hey played college tennis you looking, you looking for someone and they I mean, try to hire me sight unseen they wouldn't even see me hit wow. they'd be like you're hired which was great and, and they try to
1: put you the little kids all every time wouldn't they
0: i did a lot of little kids uh but you know then they found out that i could hit a little and right you know i got a got a variety of different lessons through that
1: that is helpful having that kind of uh nomadic job um where are some of the places you went we i mean I don't mean like oh we were on the South Beach of what I mean no, no I'm talking about the worst place I'm talking about the places <laughs> the armpits where'd oh, you end up man
0: started off in Batavia New York never uh, heard of it yep close to Buffalo it's okay. a small little town uh, we were in Surprise Arizona hey. for the Arizona Fall League um, Springfield Missouri which was I was still one of the best places I've ever really? been loved the people there um, got to play they have a world team tennis team in sure, Springfield yeah. got to play one match for the Springfield Blazers. oh cool. <laughs>
1: Who'd you play against?
0: I played, uh, it was against...
1: Not a- the team, because nobody cares about the teams.
0: <laughs> it was Asia, Ma- so it was doubles. I played with uh, Shawnee Skeppers uh, from South Africa, and we played against Asia Muhammad, and I'm going to forget her partner's name, um, who was also a fill-in, which worked in our favor. right? <laughs> oh, I'll never forget it. I owe it all to Vanya King, who made it... I think she made it to maybe the semis of Wimbledon doubles and right. did couldn't make it back in time. So oh, th- sweet. thanks to Vanya, they were desperate.
1: She had a good run. She had a good run,
0: <laughs> and uh, they were like, "Well, who else is is female and can can hit a decent tennis ball?" So I got to got to play, and it was one of the most fun memories. We got to throw out the first pitch at my husband's game across oh, cool. town. So yeah, it was a lot of fun
1: yeah and you probably had more people in the stands for your match than he did for his games.
0: I'm telling you though <laughs> they they being in missouri and and being in the Cardinals organization they oh, have yeah, 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 yeah. there was a whole lot of support the fans yeah they were that makes great. sense so we loved loved living there um Palm Beach county, they have a team there as well. so right. yeah, we moved several times Wow um,
1: <laughs> Quite <laughs> an experience the, though
0: it was a lot of, I mean it was fun looking back, we could fit all our belongings in our car and wouldn't have it any other way i mean i'm also happy to have furniture though now
1: sure so, so you <laughs> how long were you married prior to this happening
0: so we he played for a year we got married and Whoa. then we traveled for three years so before you signed
1: he, on knowing the deal
0: yeah i knew the Good deal yeah so it was it was an adventure
1: i was gonna say yeah uh, an adventure at the beginning of the marriage i mean that's got to yes. be uh you know the ultimate <laughs> test it's like wow we power through this one we're gonna make it
0: Right. I, I We had to, you know, going through the end of a career just a few years in, and it's kind of, you know, it can be a painful process. So, it was, But it was good. I mean, I think we both look back on it fondly.
1: So. Yeah, sure. Yeah, except it didn't end the way he wanted it, you know, obviously.
0: It could have could have ended better, but I am thankful that he made the transition to real life probably much better than I would have.
1: Sure. So I, yeah. I
0: probably would have taken it. He's He's very much a go with the flow kind of guy.
1: Right, right. Now what was he Tommy John? So he's a pitcher. No outfield. Um,
0: Which you know, if he were a pitcher, it might have been better. But he was an outfielder, and there are a lot of those. So Uh by the time he, (laughs) by the time he made it back, you know, there are just a lot of good outfielders, and so he he really had a very short time to play well. Didn't play great right off the bat no pun intended and so he should
1: have got into the pirate system cuz they suck I, and you know you could probably play for the pirates right now
0: <laughs> maybe that maybe that should be the God, next thing awful. on my on my resume but yeah moved back to Houston after that he still had to finish school which is one of the tougher aspects sure, of, of of ending that career is so you're like oh I have one more year of school left so moved back to Houston got hired by tennis now um, which is a tennis news site, but that also has a, a strong video presence on YouTube. Right. And that kind of started it all for me. I got to cover Wimbledon uh, with them. That was the first, one, maybe the third tournament I had ever covered was Wimbledon. I applied for credentials. Think I didn't even tell my boss. I just applied for credentials thinking, yeah, right. There's no way Wimbledon is going to approve little old tennis now. And they did. And I went to my boss and I was like, so, hey. I, I applied for credentials. They actually said yes. I think it's gonna be great for the site. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, to to their credit, my boss's credit, they they sent me. That's and fun. yeah, met a lot of people and the I mean, you know, the tennis world is a small world, sure. whether it's college tennis or professional tennis, or and the media side of things is even smaller because there are so few people who are you know, have jobs that sustain them to where they can travel all year long and cover right. the sport. It's, well, it's that's, too bad.
1: That's exactly the question I was going to ask you. You said you did some tennis writing. I didn't know we had those in America, and I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not because no one cares about our sport. Uh, I mean, we're we're about to get passed by esports, by the way.
0: I know, you know. It's it's. I was just talking about esports last night. I have a friend actually who they own a team, and so I've learned a whole lot about esports through that. Naomi Osaka is also a huge gamer, which wow. is kind of into there's there's the tennis esports crossover right there. Is a Naomi Osaka? Yeah, but they
1: never play sports on esports.
0: Uh, right. It's it's. <laughs> let's see who we can. I mean, not they're not all shooter games but you know yes I agree there (laughs) it's a it's a whole new world that's for sure
1: well and and granted every human being that plays tennis that's that you know that's a junior age now they all play video video games I got that but it's just to me it's one more avenue that one more activity that can get kids off the court totally take them away from the court which in the position we're in I think in America that's dicey at best I mean that that it's, That's gonna hurt yeah. us.
0: It's it's not a not a plus for the for sports in general, really, because it's not exactly sitting in front of your monitor and you know, playing. Yeah, but I mean,
1: baseball is gonna be fine. Football, basketball will be fine. Even hockey will be fine. It's too cold in Canada to play video games, so they have to play hockey.
0: Well, and you know what you know what I call baseball organized rest.
1: So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can play video games while they're playing baseball.
0: Exactly. Uh, but yeah, don't no, tell your husband I said I, that. I he's won't. probably
1: a big, strong athlete, and he's gonna beat me up. Because I'm just a tennis player. <laughs> I'm yeah. the video gamer of sports, being a tennis player. Not that I'm calling esports nerds.
0: Nah, I get it. But no, no, you're exactly right. It's it's tough. Tennis has, it's an uphill battle, but I, there, there are so many rabid tennis fans out there. And that's the cool thing about the internet is you reach yeah. people all over the world. And yeah. when I was doing instruction videos for Tennis Now, which... That, that's kind of a funny story in itself. They just wanted instruction content. And I was like, well, why don't I try to shoot some? You know, it's way harder to try to find someone, bring them in, right. sh- you know, find time to shoot. So I just did it. And I still have people. I mean, I was just in Singapore for the WTA finals and a woman from Guam wow. walked up to me and said, I, I love I love watching your instruction videos. And these are videos I shot five years ago. Um and I still have people regularly who come up to me at tournaments who say, you know, it's it's been great. It's been so helpful and it's been one of the most rewarding things really in huh. my tennis career that I've done. And so thanks to the beauty of the internet, yeah. There are there are rabid tennis fans out there. Not only those who wanna learn how to play and who can appreciate the value of it on the court, but people who just really love Novak Djokovic or, you know, Roger Federer. He's in another category, but you know, you know what I mean? They're out there. No, so. he's
1: not. Don't even get us started on that on this part. So
0: you don't think Roger Federer is, you know, in a, his own little. No, no, no. no. Interesting.
1: All if, right.
0: if he oh God, fan wise, we're going. Fan, uh, oh, oh, talking, oh yeah, yeah, talking, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 In yes. Term, yeah. In terms of people who just absolutely would live yeah, die yeah, for yeah. Roger Federer. Yeah, he's Federer. in he's, that. He's on his own level.
1: He's in that because, yeah, he, he used to do commercials with tiger woods and you know and he's a lebron or mj Correct. you know michael jordan right, right, for the right. children today don't know who mj is um uh, yeah 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 of course yeah he's yeah. a whole nother level um one of the reasons we started this or i started and then brought cory on board um was just to talk about american tennis because it's just you know we're so far down the list on sports i mean lawn darts the only reason they're not ahead of us is because they kill children it, you remember lawn darts where you toss those sharp things up and try to land, land them in the circle in your yard?
0: I never played it myself. My parents probably kept that far away from, I would have used it to stab my brother probably. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but I, I mean,
1: so if that still existed, we, we would be behind uh, behind that. That's why I, I kind of was trying to tell a joke when I, you're a tennis writer. I didn't know we had those. Um, because I hear podcasts or, or read other Uh, things from all over the place you know Europe certainly is popular Asia's you know just blowing up now um, with numbers and um, you know how are we doing in terms of what you're seeing out there working in the industry I mean are we just kind of steady as she goes are we going down are we going up what's your thought on that you know and I mean participation specifically not obviously we know our men's tennis sucks mm -hmm. and women's tennis is good that's clear (laughs) at the pro level but in terms of just overall participation and the health of our game in America.
0: Well, where we are right now is certainly not for lack of trying on the part of the USTA. They've spent hundreds of thousands on several different programs throughout the last decade and, and even before that, and now we have the NetGen. And, and one thing I do get to see at a lot of the bigger tournaments, they have these, these NetGen programs, demos uh, where they have these little kids come out and you know they have the adaptive courts and the smaller oh, yeah. nets and the softer balls, which initially, I'll admit I wasn't a huge believer in that. I was like, come on now, we all played with regular balls and we we were just fine. but I in terms of getting more people to play, Not necessarily getting more great players, but in terms of getting more people to pick up a racket and enjoy tennis, I think it's I think it's a positive thing.
1: I hundred percent agree with you because I was the same way early on, Um, and I I was in college. I wasn't teaching kids or anything, but just just looking at it, not really giving it much thought. I was the same way. Why do we need Mm -hmm. to do this? We can just. But I think it does do one thing really, really well and that's keep kids interested cuz they're right. having fun because if you can if you hit one ball and chase it to the corner and go get it and then hit it again and you chase it to the other corner mm-hmm. you, you run out of you know attention span with little kids pretty quick but with all the different shorter rackets the softer right. balls and the short nets it definitely gets them interested cuz they can have success for sure i mean i've got an 11 year old and that it works for for her and her friends
0: Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And and that's what I've seen uh, in terms of, you know, being out on the court when I was teaching. I mean, it's been a while since I've taught regularly, but I think that's a plus. And I think there's a lot of money coming from the USTA, which is great. I'll be very interested to see how this new ITF transition tour Affects oh. the juniors coming up because and and that it's a whole. I mean, we could have a whole podcast just talking about. Well, <laughs> yeah. you
1: and I could, but nobody else would listen.
0: Uh, probably maybe. It, it's it's you're definitely. I think John Wertheim, who just did a podcast on this with uh, Jeff Grant. He I think he used the term in the weeds. Yeah. Uh, it is it is definitely, but I think it could potentially have a really negative impact on American tennis specifically because it's going to put. A premium on playing ITF events as juniors because those players who play ITF events as juniors are going to get their spots reserved in the pro transition tour for people who have ITF junior rankings. Right, and you know, right now you can have some of the you know the best American best USTA tournaments are are on par with a lot of ITF tournaments, but, but they won't any.
1: Well, we don't have a lot of ITFs. They left us to our own devices. They they figured right. the US TA and the the amount of players they have is big enough. Right, they have enough money. They're organized enough. They're not selling points like some small little country in the middle of nowhere uh, or whatever. And right. so I, for so long we've been left to our own devices, and we've only had a few ITFs he, here. But I mean that could really crush the USTA.
0: right? Because Juniors. it's it's going to the best players are going to say, well, hey, if I want a chance to turn pro I better work on my ITF ranking which is also going to mean you have to be homeschooled there's not going to be sure. a choice
1: well unless we start just letting you know a lot of ITFs come in true if, if you can you know maximize yeah. the amount of tournaments that you can get to within you know yeah. day or two drive then you That's can a
0: good point. miss yeah. a couple
1: of days because you're right as of now what a disaster. I mean, we, they have to travel all over. They can't right. they can't I mean, get it done in North America.
0: Also, you better have money. That too. <laughs> Which, you know, tennis is already an expensive sport. Right. And now you're going to have to be traveling to I don't know, Peru to play to right. play an ITF event there. It I just I just wonder what effect that's going to have down the road in 3 or 4 years.
1: Well, here's the other thing I worry about. So, well, anyway, so what we're talking about is um Right now, if you want to go professional, you there are several avenues to get there. One of them is what the wild card system. So, mm-hmm. tournaments have wild cards, and if you're good enough on paper, you know, ranked high enough, and they, they want to give opportunities to those players, then a tournament, usually encouraged by the governing body that runs that tournament, i.e., the USDA twisting your arm, um, will. Work out a deal, uh, you know, get wild cards to the top Americans. I ran a 50K and uh, men and a, what, a 15K also back mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was some collaboration with the USTA. I'll put it that way. I'm um, shocked. Yeah, shocked. collaboration. <laughs> they collaborated me into picking who they wanted me to pick for part of it. I, I went my own way for some other stuff. But anyway, um, and that's, you know, a needle in a haystack for a player. The other way is to play your way into it through a long, arduous path, but it's as free market as it gets. If right. you can do it, you will do it. If you beat people, then you will continue to move up the ladder and nobody but other tennis players playing tennis can stop you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now it doesn't look like it's going to be that way.
0: No, it's it's as of I, January 1st. We're, we're yep. <laughs> right there. Yeah,
1: And here's the worst thing I fear. Is that it will, there will be some kind of backdoor dealings with organizations, i.e., the USTA, and now they're gonna have an even bigger role in being gatekeepers. Which, if you're in a small country like Romania, even they, I mean, obviously they have corruption and all kinds of trouble because their number one player can't stand the federation. (laughs) She's had issues. I don't know, (laughs) I don't know any in depth about that, but there's obviously some bad blood there. But, you know, like the USTA, Nobody even yeah. thinks twice about giving them benefit of the doubt that they're going to do the right thing for the players and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, and i that's really one another big reason we started this podcast is because nobody talks bad about the US that I know of, and they should <laughs> a lot.
0: Well, I think it's just good. I, I think everybody needs to be examined, no matter who you are, so right. it's you know not not necessarily that I'm looking to talk bad about the USTA. I am- <laughs> But but I mean, just like you said, it's it's good to ask questions and transparency is good, uh, and that is not always. And it's it's you know, tennis has the most uh, <laughs> the the oh gosh, what what word is there other than incest? But they're they're
1: just yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a lot like boxing where you have so many different or boxing used to be. Does anybody even care about boxing anymore? Sure, I don't.
0: Conflicts of interest Confl-
1: But yeah, because they have so many different entities that quote unquote control the game. And so it ends up causing the conflicts of interest for sure. Right. Um, and the people that get hurt, it, particularly in this new scenario where they're taking away, mm-hmm. you know, a ton of players that are not going to be professional anymore. I mean, the whole system changes and it's not, I don't think it's a meritocracy anymore, as much anymore.
0: Ooh, yeah, I mean, it just it makes me so sad to think. I, I saw a tweet today, and I can't remember who tweeted it, but you know, on January first, five hundred women's players, and I think it was twelve hundred and fifty men's players who had professional rankings are no longer going to have professional rankings as of January first because there's going to be a cutoff at seven hundred and fifty right. on the ATP side and on the WTA side, and it is so hard to get a professional ranking. So I can't imagine sure. feeling like, oh, I went through all that to finally get my name. In those rankings, and you know, yeah. it's it's gone, and and it's not going to be easy to get it back because you have to. I mean, the the stepping stones are, are further and further apart.
1: It's sure, end. sure, yeah, and and you know, you can't re- rely on the wild card system, right? Because again, that's a needle in a haystack. And if this ITA ITF situation happens, and we don't get more ITF tournaments, that's shutting out a lot more players, okay. and and ultimately. Uh, uh, i'm a college coach so i'll you know i'm selfish so i'm gonna talk about me sure um it's gonna ultimately hurt american college not college tennis because the level of college tennis in and of itself will improve right
0: cause the you problem to is the international it'll players. be a lot more yeah. all those
1: internationals that are no the longer there already are yeah exactly they're gonna it's gonna be a bigger influx into right. college tennis which yes. will help division three because yeah, then all sure. the Americans will come down. to, So the level gets better top to bottom, but not for us. And yeah. one of my contentions is is that if we looked more like basketball or football, and not hockey and baseball are a little different. You would know way more than me for the baseball, but the minor league system is different. It changes kind of the dynamic. But the stepping stone to the NFL and NBA for 99% of basketball players and all the football players is college. Mm-hmm. And if we had that then our college system would be better. Sure. And I think ultimately over time American tennis would be better because it'd be a bigger incentive. Nobody no, I don't think anybody they really they have to make the decision college or not pretty early in their junior career or what they're looking to try to do and then and college is the fallback not mm-hmm. the you know not the choice where uh, If it was the other way around I think that would that benefits this this takes us the opposite direction for American tennis players
0: yeah which is which is really too bad and even for me looking back if if the system was what it's going to be like starting on January 1st with this new ITF transition tour I certainly never would have played ITF events post-college because I did it you know we I can't remember if we talked about this actually on the podcast or before we started recording but I didn't necessarily think I was going to be you know top 100 in the world right, right. but I played those ITF events or you know the the low level 10000s because I love to compete I was curious I just wanted to see how or I would do
1: put yourself up against those that might make it or see right. where you're, you you stack up sure
0: and it's I mean it's an incredible opportunity if you have some financial backing to travel and to see different places, to meet different people. And, you know, and you're, you're kind of roughing it. I mean, it's, it's really, for me, I found it a kind of a character building experience. I was in a hotel room with three or four or f- sometimes five other girls and we're, you know, we're f- playing each other the next right. day. And I, I mean, I don't regret, I, I didn't play for, for a long time after college, but I don't regret doing that. And I, I loved having the opportunity to do that. There was no barrier to entry at that right. point. And now there will be, yeah. it's going to be very difficult. And, and plus would I have wanted to go play those tournaments if they weren't classified as professional, Right, probably not. And you also wonder, are people going to want to host Tournaments, if they can't market it as a no pro tournament. I don't no. think they will.
1: No, they're not. They're not. Um, uh, did you qualify for any tournaments?
0: I did. What? I uh, yeah. I so had, you got I some had points. A, I did have some points. Yeah. How was, many do you have? I think I had three. Oh, I had six. Uh, oh man. In that's, doubles, though. Congratulations! I had a ranking in doubles. Okay, if we're talking doubles. After was, after we hang the up 700s. the podcast,
1: <laughs> after we hang up the podcast, I'll tell you how I got those six points. I didn't buy them. I didn't buy them. Uh, well, that's good. So so you did qualify. So you had some points. I did. in um, that see, so the barrier to entry should be that you're not good enough to sustain getting into main draws. So mm-hmm. you started out, you qualify for some. If you would have gotten deep into, into a bunch in a row, you would have qualified mm-hmm. to get directly in. Then you would have started making more money, not enough to survive. Uh, and then, you know, that's how it works. It, it Even harder than that back in the day, because you're not old enough to, for this, but they had sat- the satellite system, mm-hmm. where they had a grouping of four tournaments, and you had to play the first three to qualify for the final one. And so that you t- that was a barrier to entry, but it was a level ability results based barrier, not an artificial. Let's just you know, not it, an
0: institutional barrier. That's a, sure.
1: that's a good way to put it. Not an institutional barrier. Yeah. And this artificial institutional barrier, I think it's arbitrary. I and I don't I don't understand what the benefit is. What are they claiming the benefit is?
0: I think they're they're thinking that it's supposedly going to cut down on the match-fixing issue, which it, it remains to be seen how... how Is how, that possible? I, you know, I if, I...
1: if you and I, I right now, so. turn off the mics, and we decide, all right, we're going to play an exhibition mm-hmm. tomorrow. No, because it's going to be like 40 degrees tomorrow. But <laughs> we're going to play an exhibition you're going to win four and four. Mm-hmm. You and I could make that happen pretty we easily. Could. We could. And no one outside this studio, after we turn off the mics, of course, yep. would know. There's no way to stop match fixing. No yeah. chance.
0: I, I'm interested, you know, and then that's another thing as far as transparency goes, that there's the tennis integrity unit, which I'm not exactly sure what they do, but they're the ones who are who are <laughs> catching these people. But I mean, I would love to know. I would love, I mean, but again, I, I guess you can't give away your, your methods, but... We we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes to to catch these people. So anyway, who knows? Will is it going to help match fixing? I don't know. We'll see. But they also claim that uh, it's going to be cheaper for people to host the futures events, like the fifteen k events on the men's and women's side. They're going to shorten the uh, shorten the length of the tournament, so it's it's less expensive. But again. Even if it's less expensive, is somebody going to want to pay that mo- You know, thousands and thousands
1: to junior tournaments are are shorter and they make money. Yeah, these are you have you have to raise money for these terms. Tour- if you run a fifteen k, you're looking at about twenty to twenty five thousand. You have to come up with yeah. And now what you're doing is you're you're basically trying to come up with twenty five k to run an adult tournament. Right. That's all it is. It's, yeah. it's just an adult tournament.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I mean, even if it's cheaper, even if it's $10,000 cheaper, are people going to want to say, hey, you, if you can't say it's pro tennis, I, I exactly. wonder who's who's going to care. And and not only are, I don't think the fans going to care, I don't think the players are really going to care. Because I, I mean, again, unless they feel like they really have a shot to make it to the big leagues.
1: Right. Right.
0: So who knows what's going to happen. I'm I'm interested to see. I, I want to reserve judgment, but it just, there is part of me that's sad thinking like, oh man, that great experience that I had, I wouldn't be able to have that now.
1: So here, we. so I ran a, I can't remember which level this particular person showed up at. So I ran a 15K men's futures. And then later I ran a 50K challenger. Uh, and this is years ago. Mm-hmm. And we had a guy that came into town. He lost his qualifying match 0-0 in 15 minutes. Okay. And I had one of the pros was staying with me because, you know, you howls and everybody, you know, there's no money, so hotels are a luxury at best. And so, I, I howls one of these guys, and, and so we were talking, and he was saying, yeah, that guy goes to every tournament. He's, he's And he was just literally just there to pick up women, to go to the <laughs> player events, to say he was a player, because he was in the tournament, and he's never well. won a match. I don't know if he's ever won a game but he just had enough money and, or his parents had enough money He was a young yeah. guy whatever good looking fellow but and I'm um, you know now well, that's not this
0: a, would prevent that
1: this is not there a great scenario but I would <laughs> rather have that scenario than have a scenario where people that might have a chance to make it
0: just get feel that like they want to give up and
1: right. now you will literally miss out on players that would have made it like mm-hmm. Stevie Johnson people like that that would come out of mm-hmm. college who wasn't ready to turn pro? I guess in his opinion, I didn't know him as a junior, but you know, and him with him and his coach and whoever, he didn't think, okay, I could go pro out of high school, so let me go to college, mm-hmm. and and obviously he's made it. You know, he's he's self sufficient as a player, which is to me that's what making it is right. not not being fetter. It's not making it, right. but being able to afford to be on the plus side in your checkbook when you're done traveling and and all that. Mm-hmm. And who knows. So this system, he'd just he'd be a teaching pro. No offense to teaching pros, I was one, um, you know. But he'd be coaching tennis. He yeah. wouldn't be playing for a living. You never, yeah. You, I mean, you might not know. be. He might yeah. not be.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be more of a challenge, especially for the players who decide to play college tennis, because they're not going to have that springboard of the ITF junior ranking. Right. So it's going to be tougher for them for sure.
1: Well, who cares about players that don't make it? <laughs>
0: That's right, who cares?
1: Let's talk about (laughs) players that have made it when we come back.
0: It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas
1: all right we're back so let's talk about real players who cares about the ones struggling out there trying to make it i mean living off their parents money um all over the country um carousing for women acting like they're real players oh, goodness i do know the guy's name i have all i've remembered it for 17 years now it just it's always it's just a funny story but uh, i won't say it on on the on the podcast um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, so you are a tennis fan, right? So I am, you are interested in the beginning of the season or as yes. Corey and I like to call it on this podcast, the continuation of the season that never ends. Yes. Um, now how, how, give me a percentage of your work life that's dedicated to covering professional tennis, like on the road,
0: on the road. So this past year I traveled to, I believe eight tournaments.
1: That's uh, not bad. So
0: I, yeah, I was, well, I mean, it adds up though. I mean, I, oh, was, sure. I was traveling, I think I traveled almost a hundred days. Um, last year I also covered, uh, Roland Garros, uh, social media from home. I don't, I don't get to do a ton of, did of,
1: you, uh, put up a picture of like the French open behind you and took selfies like, <laughs> like you were there?
0: Well, you know, I got to do it on site in 2016. And so the last, the last, Two years, I've gotten to do it from home, which is not quite as exciting, but it is more comfortable. Yes. I'm in my, you know, my my house slippers and comfy clothes, sweats mostly, um, in my upstairs bedroom. So, so it's definitely more comfortable. But, uh, but yeah, Roland Garros, that was that was such a great experience. I've been, I covered it once for tennis now, and then was back to work on their social media team. So, I don't get to do a ton of the day-to-day coverage in terms of you know, who won this match, and right. here are some quotes from the post-match. Yeah, but that's conference.
1: good, because you haven't... What I was getting to is you actually have an off-season then.
0: I, I do, yes. So Because I,
1: players yes. and people that cover the players do not.
0: It is, it is up. It's so funny, though, because now that things are kicking off again, people are, uh, you know, I, I am... A member, I they call it tennis Twitter on Twitter. I would say I'm a proud member of tennis Twitter, and people are starving for tennis content. And I'm like, guys, it's been six weeks. (laughs) It hasn't been that long, and it's just it's great. Like I love that people want more tennis, but it's also it's funny because we're so used to having tennis all the time. Whenever you want to watch tennis, tennis is on somewhere. And so when you don't have it for six weeks, it's like, I mean, what are, what are you doing with yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, we've had men's tennis here in America, not women for the last year because the TV deal or whatever the WTA yes. did to us was a disaster. Yes. So I'm excited for that. That's sort of what's renewed for me because I didn't do the WTA TV.com or whatever they have. I, I didn't do that because I was already doing... Um, Tennis Channel yeah. Plus, mm-hmm. which, do you ever do any work for Tennis Channel? I But have, I won't talk bad about them. I, um,
0: I have not. I have all not. All right, well,
1: <laughs> Tennis Channel <laughs> Plus sucks. But I love, sucks. I love, yeah. It sucks. It was rough. That I was want every, you know. if I'm paying for tennis content, I want to yeah. watch every match, and not, you know, qualifying, fine, yeah. whatever. Let's not put up cameras and Mm -hmm. in the expense of that you you know you could tell me probably the numbers how much it costs to do that but i'm sure it's not nothing and so i get it but i should be able to see every 250 and above match and whatever the women's level i I still have no idea how they do their tournaments but um and and i couldn't so i may look at doing the wta TV, tennis.com, or whatever it's called uh, this year.
0: Well, you know it's back on it's back on tennis channel. Yeah, but you know. You want to see every
1: match. I want to see every match right. that I want to see. I, I don't
0: I can appreciate that.
1: I don't want to see Serena beat the hell out of somebody, you know, in 15 minutes and they have 9 hours of coverage of that match. Fair. I want to see you know, I want to see the, the two qualifiers playing each other in the first round. Sure.
0: High, high Oddly stakes, enough, high stakes in those qualifiers. It really is because those those players are fighting fighting for their next week's hotel payment. So yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think the other side of that is though that um, the most important matches for ratings are also not the most important matches for me as a fan. Yeah. If you're. I, I don't want to talk bad about people, but if you're a real fan of tennis, because it's easy to get enamored by Serena, to get enamored by Roger, Nadal, um, but that they're going to be gone sooner than later. And yeah. then what are we going to have? It's going to be, right. cupboards are going to be bare
0: which that's why i feel like if people were watching the wta last year which yes. or this this past year which i wish more people were probably there were fewer people because of the tv situation
1: but a lot fewer i th- think
0: there is a, so much to be excited about because and and there's the argument the uh the depth or dominance steve tigner just did a, an article with christopher clary about this, and and what do people really want to see? People, and to be honest, people complain no matter what. If there's there's depth and there's a different player winning every week, oh, well, there's, you know, there's no real strong players on the WTA side, and if Serena is beating everyone, well, the rest of the tour must be weak. So, I, I... Personally, I loved the fact that this past year there were four different slam winners plus yep. a new winner for the WTA Finals. There are five different players who won all four of the or all five of those events. And I think that is so
1: cool. Well, it's only cool if the level is good throughout and it is. Yes. And even when Serena's healthy, she's not doing what the big 3 on the men's side are doing. Right. The, the big I mean to have two almost 40 year olds flip-flopping grand slams and we that's one of the big things we talk about so our number one probably if somebody said boil down this podcast this is it might be embarrassing but this is it that this is the weakest era in the history of men's tennis all right we say that I I started saying that and Corey laughed at me in that chair you're sitting in. Um, but I've turned him to my side because if Federer can go away for six months and come back and get right back to number one. He didn't play for the entire clay season, and nothing changed in the rankings. And people send out these tweets, you know, some things, you know, whatever, where you get the top three from 0-3, 03, or not 3 but like 0-5, and the top three right now are the same. What does that tell you? That tells you that, Incredibly, we have three Michael Jordans right. right now, or maybe just maybe that next gen. Eh, not so much.
0: Right. Well, or a combination, combo.
1: I'll go with my first, but I'll I'll, I'll consider <laughs> okay. the combo.
0: Fair. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you could you you could see it both ways, and I think most people. Uh, I appreciate that you have thought about this to the point where you could break my up.
1: computer. Yes, in punch, yes. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Are we the defense of women's tennis in contrast to the men's version? I mean, Federer and Nadal and to some degree Djokovic. I think people hate him too as much as they like him, and so that adds adds to it, which I don't know why. Interesting phenomenon. Except he's it? got Lego hair. I can't stand his Lego hair. He looks <laughs> like a Le- So, the fact that you got three people that are superstars or one super duper star and then superstars, mm-hmm. that's what makes that sport popular. You can't tell me Zverev bricking volleys into the net or f- into the fourth re- you know, row of the stands on put away volleys that he's drawing anything. So, so as soon as they're gone, mm-hmm. men's tennis is going to go off a cliff. Women's tennis, on the other hand, if they put it on TV, is... Is going to drive this game? Can it drive this game by itself? Do you think?
0: Ooh, it, I'd love, I'd love to say yes to that. I think. It, I hope it can. Well, I hope but for but I real fans. It's, it's also though going to have to be somewhat in the hands of the people who cover it, true, and the people who have the ability to give it precedence on a TV schedule or there, there is going to have some of that responsibility is going to be put on the people who have the ability to promote it.
1: Will their hand be forced when they can't sort of brush off the argument or brush off, brush off the criticism when they can say, well, how can we, not put Federer on the prime time matches. How can we not have Federer play nine matches in a row? I know they only play seven, but at Australia at night, it's 117 degrees, and he's playing when it's 70. And they say, "Well, it's Federer; he's the greatest player ever," and blah blah blah. So when Zverev has won in the world and still can't get past the semifinals of a Grand Slam,
0: this could be Zverev's year. Oh my god! You don't think? Oh
1: my god! I'm going to throw this podcast in the garbage <laughs> just because of that comment.
0: You know, I mean, he, no.
1: So here's so next gen. We know who those yeah. people are. So right. you take seats of pass in that sort of age group. Mm-hmm. I call it, we call it the podcast. We call them the next next gen. Mm-hmm. The next next gen is going to bunny hop the next gen as soon as the big three are gone, and the next gen will not win a single grand slam. And the next next gen will be n- back to normal mm-hmm. tennis.
0: Well, that's that's sort of what happened with. Nishikori and Raonic and Dimitrov, uh, the, those three are the ones that come to mind. But that, right. that was the next gen. That was the first next gen.
1: Right. <laughs> and they're and they're a smidge older, but yeah, exactly. And, but
0: but when they were younger, people right. thought that they were going to be the ones. Yeah, to start baby, beating. fed. Right. right. Exactly. Uh, so so yes, there have been a couple of gens that have come and gone. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Well, the only thing that proves my point. That I think that really can prove my point if, is, is if, if that happens, like the seats of pass and younger. Mm-hmm. And when I say younger, I don't necessarily mean the, the year they were born. I mean the period of time where they peaked in their game because mm-hmm. Zverev is obviously at three in the world or whatever. You know, he's been as high as three in the world, so he's peaked, even though he's younger than some of these other guys. He might be younger than seats of pass or they're very close. But So I don't mean age. I mean where they're at in their career age. <laughs> And so all those guys that have been pushing that the top you know, up against the, the top three, they're gonna they're gonna get bunny hopped by the seats of pass group. That's yeah. that's my prediction and my hope because then I'm right.
0: As long as I can get a uh, diminour grand slam. Win at some point, I'll be happy. You
1: like uh, that guy? Huge fan. All right, huge. Is he fan. good looking or something, or is he just nice? Have you He's, met him? Yeah,
0: I have. Okay, uh, great attitude.
1: I like that. He, He's Australian,
0: so he, well, that's not always.
1: That's a good point. <laughs> that's, that's I,
0: not, <laughs> it's not a guarantee on the attitude. Oh, for level.
1: three on the last, like
0: <laughs> right. Um, but I, I mean, just a really great attitude, exceptionally hard worker, and there, there are players out there who you, when you're watching them play you can tell that they love it. Right. And even when they're losing, even when it's, you know, when he played Chilich at the U.S. Open, it was, I mean, it, Probably not many people saw it because it was so late at night. But that was one of the best matches of the tournament. Right. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was.
0: And yeah, I mean, and, and the, he he just loves it. One
1: of those guys happy to be a part of a match like that kind of attitude. Yeah. That's the and best.
0: Happy to be part of a match like that, but I think believes he can win, too. He, I had him um, on my court that I was hosting at Indian Wells last year, and that was kind of right as he was starting to have some, some stronger results after he... he had a great Aussie run last year. I, what did he make? Semifinals and finals um, last year in Australia, Brisbane, and uh, what's the other one that I'm forgetting? Anyway, well, I'm not going to waste your time thinking of what it is, but he had had some strong results. But I had him. He had a big win on my court, and I've, I think it might have been over uh, – Jan Leonard Struff, and it was a great match. The stands were packed, and he's signing balls. I hand him the balls to sign to hit into the stands, and he's literally shaking. He can barely <laughs> write his name on the ball. So there's there. I think at that point there was still an element of, uh, you know, I, I don't. Am I? Do I belong here? Am I ready to be here? Right. It, you know, I'm nervous being on this stage where everybody's cheering for me. But I think he has really grown in the last year. I saw him in Newport as well. Definitely more confident we did a we did a video segment there, and I was thinking, oh, he's going to be nervous again he was fantastic, so I, I think he's growing into that, right. uh, but yeah, huge fan of dears.
1: So. All right, well good, I'll keep more of an eye on him and and that's a great point because it illustrates something I've been saying. I'm not really selfish, I swear um, <laughs> but one of, one of the things I talk about in relation to this weakest era argument I have is that if you were to just watch every one of these players you know, just sort of look at just their half of the court. Of course, they're all world-class athletes. Of course, they can play tennis physically Mm -hmm. at such a high level, but you just segued right into the real reason that that next-gen group I have no faith in, and it's from the neck up. And so to watch somebody, of course, you're going to not have confidence when you're young. You don't know your place in the game. You don't know if you belong. You've been playing in this smaller group, Mm -hmm. and you've beaten that group and worked your way into the next bigger group. So, of course, now you're looking up again. And so you have to go through that process, and some players, obviously, handle it well and grow from each – and gain that confidence, and some don't. Some Maybe some get it too fast and don't realize they maybe don't belong, and then they find out they don't. Um, right. I mean, Fetter used to throw rackets when he had a longer ponytail mm-hmm. um, back in the day. So, you know, so that's where – obviously, I'm not an idiot. These people can hit tennis balls. Got it. But uh, But, yeah, I mean – Exhibit A, Zverev's volleys. I mean, it's just it's just a it's it's pitiful. It's just pitiful. <laughs> Not your favorite. It's just of, of
0: Zverev's game. I, pick
1: any player from the seventies, and he would ta- he'd have a Grand Slam title if he had their volleys. Yeah, maybe, but still. Anyway, so um, all right, we're gonna watch uh, the Australia. So the uh, was it uh, was it Sydney or in Auckland that you're thinking of?
0: It must have. Okay, so it must have been Sydney and Sydney and Brisbane. Brisbane. Must have been Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, um, well, I'm thinking.
1: Well, um, I'd like to see. I listen. I I'm a fan of all players, and you know, I don't. I mean, I have, I have players that I'd rather see win for whatever reason. But it's changed in the last two years that I want to see players. I, I watch tennis now, men's tennis, like I watch college football. Okay, how do you? Watch I football? want there to be mayhem <laughs> because. If you start with Alabama at number one, they're going to end at number one. Mm-hmm. If you were to start Alabama at ten, they probably would end up in the top four, but maybe not number one. If you would have started Notre Dame at twenty-five, they wouldn't have been right. in the in the finals, the final four, getting murdered the other day. Ugh. I mean, obviously they didn't belong. Um, and and so I like to see, like, I want to see Central Florida destroy. Um, That'd be so nice. That would be great. And then maybe we'd get to eight teams in the playoff. And then that'd solve all the problems. But I watch men's tennis like that. I want somebody to come in there and just upset the apple cart.
0: Right.
1: But I want them to last. I don't want, you know, a player just to come along, win one, you know, title, Chillich, and then never, you know. um, And to be fair, how much deeper will we be if Delpo could hold, you know, duct tape himself together a little better? If, If Nishikori didn't get hurt a lot, you know, if, you know, um, there's others, but so to be fair, maybe some of that has added to the lack of depth, but it's still there because they're not playing.
0: It, yeah, well, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, who who knows what'll happen this year? And people, the big question is, will Federer win another Slam? No. You, you, you're a, ever a firm or, firm or this firm year?
1: Down.
0: Um, I Here. mean, I feel like if it's a no for this year, it's probably a no ever. So right? I
1: just figured out how you're gonna laugh at me, and I don't care. Um, the fans know I'm illiterate on a phone, but I just figured out how to do a poll on Twitter.
0: Ooh, all right, yeah. are you polling people. What, well, what I are did the polls uh, telling us? like
1: a week or two ago. I can't remember when I did it. Uh, and the the question was, which is more likely to happen: Djokovic wins all four, or next gen? Not a next next gen. And our fans know next gen next. general okay. we've been saying that for a while. So, or a next genner wins one this year, and they thought. The percentages were that a next general was going to win a Grand Slam would be more likely than Djokovic winning a Grand Slam this year. I think he's going to win all four. Do you? Including French. Including the French. And I don't care if Nadal's 100%. Ooh, bold. Now, that that's not bold because... He's already pulling out of tournaments in the, in the in the beginning of the season, so who knows well, if he's going mean, to hold Rafa, it together.
0: We've thought that Rafa was was on his career deathbed many times. And if uh, we
1: were in a deeper era, he would be. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I have to say, Zverev impressed me with his performance at the ATP Finals. I, I got to hand it to him. And listen, am, am I... Zverev... Yeah, I,
1: Isner I, I, won a Masters this year, too, so...
0: He did... Isner played lights out, though, in, in Miami. I
1: wish I had a snoring sound. I had to make that myself.
0: <laughs> I, I yeah, John Isner.
1: If somebody could take a bone saw and cut his thighs about six inches and then have him shrink down a little bit so he'd be able to last more than a yeah. set, he'd be unbelievable. Huh. He's just too tall. He's just...
0: Well, hey, I, I gotta say though, I mean, for what people I think thought John is oh, going for to sure. do coming out of For sure. Coming out of UGA, I think Thank uh, goodness
1: he is playing in the <laughs> weakest you. air in the history of men's tennis. You know he, now listen, I don't know who you know or who you don't know, who you're friends with, who you don't in the business, but
0: we I'm impartial. I'm a journalist.
1: Outstanding. <laughs> here's here's my number one argument. Can you guess what my number one argument for this being the weakest air in the history of men's tennis is? Two words.
0: Is it a name? Yep. Oh, man. Uh, Andy Murray?
1: Jack Sox. Jack Sock. <laughs> eight in the world! Uh, eight in the world. Uh, and this is not the weakest air in the history of men's tennis. And he uh, would beat me up in a fight. There's no question about it. He's an elite athlete. I got it.
0: And, well, Jack, eight he's, in the he's world. no longer eight in the no, world. No, he's
1: not. <laughs> so. No, he's not. He's where he should be.
0: That was that was one of the more incredible things I've seen happen in a tennis season. Oh, sure. Side note was was his inability to win. Oh, this season. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In twenty eighteen.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That that was that was surprising, (laughs) surprising or mind boggling. It was very strange. Well, he
1: he was a product of the skyrocket to the year and finals, and then realizing. Whoa! I don't belong here. And then he was proven right. <laughs> he was proven right.
0: It, yeah. I, well, it's been. I think that's been a struggle with. You know. I think. I think too of like a Marty Fish, for instance, who I you know loved to watch play. Sure. I, I. He is an incredibly nice guy, and he I pl- he played in see that 50, many.
1: Go ahead. He played in that fifty k. I ran.
0: Oh well, there you go. Yeah, I mean Marty Fish when he. Reached what was his peak. Was he top ten when he was in his peak? Was it Oh yeah, seven I, think or less? So. I think seven, maybe seven in the world. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think he was an example of a guy who got to that peak and thought, "Yee, you know, I, I don't know that this is this is where I want to be with all the eyes on me." Sure. And and that's it's a tough. It that is a tough adjustment for sure. And yeah. it goes to your point about what's what's between the ears and who is cut out to. Stay at the top once they reach the top, and that's that's I think the only the only downside on on the women's tour right now. I love to see new faces, and I love to see the Apple Cart being upset, as you say. But I also want to see that killer instinct when you know set X player makes their huge breakthrough. I you know it
1: means something if you've got a standard. So, Because what we have, without Serena there, what we have is we don't have apple carts being turned over. We have people throwing apples at each other all over the place. It's just mayhem. So then you have that bar that said, okay, there's Serena. So if somebody wins with her in the ballpark, then it's a legit win. Whereas she's been out so much, there is the danger of pe- people thinking, wow, these people winning, like Hollop winning her first, Wozniacki winning her winning her first, that it's not legit. The argument I have is they were there, though. When she was there, mm-hmm. they were at the upper echelon. They didn't come out of nowhere. Because there is that danger in women's tennis that they're... they're look, well, Serena's not there, so none of this is real. Yet, they and they make the inverse argument for the men. Well, Federer, and they're all the greatest ever. Right. So, yeah, so you're right, though. Fish was a uh, career high of seven. And I think he had it between the ears on the court, but I, he's talked pretty openly about you know, uh mental health and, yeah. and dealing with some issues there, which is unfortunate because I, I was a fan. i tried to get him to drink a beer. Uh we so we were there with uh so Todd Martin was yes. I think it might have been his last season. One of
0: my favorites is Todd you, Martin. You
1: know what this podcast thing is Todd Martin? The most underrated American tennis player in history.
0: Oh, love! I'm sure he'd love to hear that. Todd is like the most anti say anything good about me person. One sure. of one of he's like don't don't no stop. no he, stop he's,
1: that. he's the most underrated <laughs> American kidding. tennis player ever. Um, um, right. But he was he was um, he was ranked 62 in the world, and our our 50k was in November, and so that was the first year that they were going to start seeding 32 players. So I think he was trying to get you know bump Mm -hmm. up that last push before the australian and ultimately ended up getting hurt practicing with james blake who still had dreadlocks and um man yeah
0: vintage he was
1: probably they were all he was about a buck 25 um mike bryan was there he played singles like we couldn't get him to play doubles because they were top 10 by then but they were
0: mike bryan oldest world number one (sighs) <sighs> incredible
1: doubles doubles is the same problem men singles does right now but you know whatever um in what way so you you, you don't mean, think that if fetter teamed with wadrinka full-time that they'd be the best doubles team in the history of the game yes they would
0: yeah doubles is different though
1: it is it, but not that different when the skill level is so different
0: agree, i mean agree but uh, but but that is the
1: Bryan brothers haven't won every gold
0: true I mean, well, yeah, of course you have.
1: Because Roger all and Stan. no, 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 but all the singles players played when the Olympics came around. They don't right. play year round. So, except right. for Indian Wells, I need to know the secret. How do they get players to play doubles?
0: You know, they have that incentive.
1: They do. If you,
0: if you win the doubles and the singles titles you get a i believe it's a million dollar bonus wow that was actually a fun little game for us on court mcs was we had you know by by the, the fifth or sixth day of the tournament we had our little running mental list of the players who still were, we're in, in the running with both in the running for wow. singles and doubles which it was so it was always fun to mention that in the post match interview like all right I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know, it's because I think they did it for the first time this past year, but even before that, they've had they doubles.
1: Had, yeah. They've had a pretty good run with doubles, but so, um, so yeah, so Marty Fish, big fan of his too, but, uh, but yeah, so him, Todd Martin and James Blake, um, wanted to watch and, um, Oh, what's that guy's name? He was an American player. He had one good run at Wimbledon, tall, skinny kid with black hair back in the early 2000s. He went to Florida. And the Florida coach left to be his coach, Jeff Morrison.
0: Oh, Jeff Morrison. Jeff Morrison.
1: So they all wanted to watch the World Series. It was when the Diamondbacks were in the World Series. And so one of the old clubs I used to work at in, in town one of the country clubs they were closed, but I called the, the guy that was the director of tennis there and he got the men's grill open for us. And so we went to watch the World Series. And so Amazing You know, so he got beers for everybody and Marty Fish was like seventeen. So he didn't he was a good boy and didn't drink. So I can
0: <laughs> That's a fun little little anecdote. Uh but yeah, I mean it's I, it's it's hard once you once you have that breakthrough and you come into the next tournament and people are expecting Yeah massive things from you. Certain players are cut out to embrace that and some players might never get to the point where they do. Right. Uh and and again, I don't know. And that's know a wild card
1: that you can't prepare for.
0: Yeah. No, I mean you have you have no idea until you're there. Cuz
1: it's I, not your coach, it's not your parents, it's not other players, it's right. the press, it's your your federation, it's yeah. family, it's yeah, it's got to be nuts.
0: I mean, and there have been so many uh, Players on the women's side who've struggled with that. Angie Kerber, after she won her first, dropped off the race. I mean, she had she struggled in in 2017 before, obviously having a good year this past right. year. But the uh, you know Garbine Muguruza also has had. I mean, so up and down.
1: I don't want to say I have disdain for men's players that go off the rails like Nick Kyrgios, I don't want to say I have disdain because I think that's what all his antics are, is not dealing with any of this pressure, whether it's on court or off court. He's just he's deflecting. Exactly. If I act like a jackass, i will talk about that. And then that'll be the excuse I have why, I, why I'm not winning grand slams. So I don't, I'm not going to say I have disdain for it, but it drives me insane. You're a girl. Is that right?
0: That is correct. Okay.
1: You got to ask these days. Would I be sexist for not having that same level of disgust for women that sort of, not act like idiots, but have to deal with those mental hurdles and don't do it as well? In other words, what I'm saying is, am I sexist for thinking that women have more to overcome via the emotional control side of things than men are?
0: Let me make sure I'm understanding the question. You you are, you are think women have more to deal with on the emotional side yes. of things than men.
1: And I do live with two women. Well, one <laughs> woman and one going to be a woman one day, my daughter.
0: I uh, yeah, you know.
1: If you can't admit it, we'll just edit this part out. I <laughs> That's so okay.
0: You, you wait, you, so you think you think I mean, I don't know. I think if you think if I'm sitting here thinking I have more to deal with than a random, you know, guy on the men's tour, I think I'm in trouble already.
1: Well, you I would say y'all both have Outside, you have the same to deal with. I'm talking about inside. So, wouldn't you say that generally, not counting this era of Mm -hmm, men's tennis, which mm -hmm. is what again? Exactly. The weakest era in the history of men's tennis. That on the women, there is way more up and down with players than men.
0: I, well, yes. Can
1: physiology explain that? Do you think? And am I sexist for thinking it can?
0: I I would...
1: I'm begging you to say no so I can continue down this in future podcasts. Because once I have you a stamp of approval from a girl, I'm good to go. Because that's my assertion. Bet. And it's not a negative. It's just physiology.
0: Well, okay, yes. Okay, May, maybe I'm not totally understanding your question. I Yeah, you are what you are. So you either deal with it or you don't deal with it.
1: Right, but girls have more to deal with physiologically emotional in terms of emotional control than men do we're cavemen is one of them. it's not even a negative it's really a negative on us we're dumb we beat our head against rocks that's what we do <laughs> until the rock breaks
0: uh, well i just think it's a complicated i think it's a complicated question I, I get where you're coming from but i i just have never as as a woman i've never thought about it that way i right. just don't i well yes it, if somebody were to you know diagram the you know the physiology Probably on paper, yes, you could make a case for that, but but it's just something I've never even thought about.
1: You should, okay, because tell me why. I'll tell you why. Because then you can watch women's tennis and really look at the nuance of what those players are dealing with, and now you have a different rooting interest. Now it's like, is she going to get it back together? Is she going to hold? You know well, what, I what I mean?
0: About when you look back at like the evert Navratilova era
1: then wow, those are specimens that are at the top, and anybody that's at the top of the top are outliers anyway. So no matter whether you're men or women, you're just outliers, and they they don't count towards the argument. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, too, Nick Kyrgios doesn't count, on the, he's such an outlier. Uh but the point is just physiologically, I think women have more chemical issues going on in their bodies that affect them than men do
0: you could You could argue that yes,
1: which is why if you if you put it this way, if we could admit that first of all, coaches that coach men and women won't be you know go crazy trying to coach women because now you have a frame of reference that you're allowed to talk about in this world about okay. being branded a sexist or whatever. But also, you can look at the women's game and not just sound like that idiot, you know, fat, you know, male chauvinist, ah, women, they're not, you know, competing and all that crap. No. They're dealing with physiological issues that affect their emotional control. Now, how awesome is it to watch now Sloan win a first set and Halep still hang in there and then watch Sloan fall apart and see if Halep can take advantage of it?
0: You think that's physiologically based, though? Sure. More so than if that were to happen, I mean, pick a, well, every, a men's match.
1: Everything's physio- Everything's physical. I mean, it doesn't yeah. come from outer space. I mean, yeah. your chemicals are what make you have emotions. Right. So y'all have more chemical interactions as women than we do as men.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, I, And again, it's not
1: you're just dumb girls and you can't handle pressure because you're little ladies at all. That's exactly the opposite of what I'm trying to get at. Because I can watch a match and it doesn't frustrate me when women go off the rails. Now, there's other reasons people go off the rails. I mean, everybody gets tight in matches. I've coached men and women that get tight. I think women that overcome that have overcome more than men have. So really, it's a compliment. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's really having to deal with that. But you live every day as a woman, so there's no... Reference point right. on what I'm talking about.
0: I uh, But I, uh, listen, I, I mean, I was a volunteer assistant for the the Rice women's tennis team for a while. So I, I saw firsthand what it was like to oversee, obviously I was on a team, but I saw what it was like to oversee a team right. of women. Certainly they're, they're just, we're just different. It, it's I, But I don't necessarily think that it's, that's less stable, which I think is, that's that's what I'm hearing a little bit. I look
1: at you hearing things I'm not saying, <laughs> women. There's
0: less less be, But but really though, you're saying that it's more of a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that that I can translate that to less stable. And listen, I don't I don't take it personally. I appreciate the point of view, but as a as a woman, I can say that I think some people just deal with it better. Some people deal with being in the trenches better than others, and some True. people deal with being the favorite better than others. True. And and I don't know that we have had. I mean, I, I've heard Chris Evert and Martina talk about this firsthand and saying, like, listen, that's like the one disappointment that they have is like they they want to see that person who has the breakthrough stay. Keep it. <laughs> yeah. Hold exactly. on to it. So so I think it's possible because we've seen it. We've seen it with Serena. We've seen it with. I mean, I'm naming those two. Well,
1: but think about like Muguruza. Right. She has a breakthrough, disappears. Sloan had a breakthrough and then couldn't buy him. I mean, she's worse than Jack Sock for about, you know, two months there. And that's saying a lot because Jack Sock was eight in the world. Um,
0: Sloan, I wouldn't be surprised if she does great things. This no,
1: year. no, agreed. Absolutely yeah, agreed. But, but yeah,
0: no, she's but, an example. But
1: of we've seen a ton this, of sure. examples on the women's side of the, that have done that more where they win and then go away. And I think part of that may be it. And again, I... This is going to sound awful uh, when people <laughs> listen to this podcast, but I don't care.
0: Let's put it all out there, right? No, no, no,
1: but the bottom line is, is if in two years all we have left is serena in terms of the superstars in the game women's tennis is going to have to carry it and if people don't know how to watch women's tennis and know what to look for and what to expect and you know then it's they're going to have a hard time following it and and not getting frustrated watching it because it's hard unless you are just an absolute outlier like serena and Venus, if she was, you know, didn't have her condition and all that, I think would be right there. Right. Um,
0: yeah. Well, people relate. The fringe fans relate to the superiority of. Right. Yeah. So, So. yes, in, in terms of mass appeal, you, you want to have players that you are familiar with and that the fan who just happens to flip on. TV on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon are like, oh, I've seen that person before.
1: Right. That's on is, a commercial. Yeah. Right.
0: That is incredibly helpful in terms of sure. the the uh, marketability of women's tennis. And that is the reason why I hope that there that, you know, maybe one or two where that there's a rivalry that emerges in the next year or two.
1: Well, if somebody climbs up to the top of the ladder, Serena retires, and then that player dominates. I still don't think it's going to look the same as Serena. I mean, Serena is separate.
0: Once in a for a lot of lifetime reasons. athlete.
1: I mean, the yeah. whole thing coming up, you know, with her sister, her dad saying they're going to be one and two in the world and the, all the rest of it um, from then to now is what makes Serena Serena. I don't know if anybody else will be that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have high hopes for Naomi Osaka. She's, um, Man, she's she, from she, the
1: other side of the world. And, and again, I'm talking about grows, American up, here, tennis, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so who but knows?
0: Yes, uh, American tennis. I mean, Sloan, Sloan has the star power. I don't think she's going to win 23 Grand Slams, but she has the star power. So, I mean, yeah. listen, I, I think we just have to adjust our expectations in a post serena world.
1: Well, we we have to figure out how to educate people how to watch women's tennis and appreciate yeah. it. Because we're gonna have to. Because if we have to rely on Jack Sock to carry us on the men's, we're we're doomed. Francis Tiafoe, doomed. <laughs> have you seen his forehand?
0: I love Francis. It's weird. It's um, weird forehand. I. He's made it work though. His
1: brother plays D three. Really? Yep.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Um, I've never seen him play. I'm assuming his forehand looks exactly the same.
0: His brother? I would assume. I'm assuming <laughs> they came
1: up. I don't know who coaches them, but I'm assuming they came up the same time together, you know?
0: Yeah, JTCC in Maryland.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, right.
0: But, yeah, no, I, no I, I get it. I totally understand where you're coming from. But I know I know, we're probably running out of time here, but I have to ask you one question. That
1: was her passive-aggressive way of saying she's got to go, because she's a girl. <laughs> Just I, kidding. I, I,
0: when, you say, when you say you want to educate people on how to watch women's tennis...
1: Well, how to watch you tennis in general... That? Honestly, um, because because people, like, here's an easy example I use all the time is, (laughs) you're impartial, so you're going to answer this honestly. Yes. Is watching almost any John Isner match miserably boring? Yes, is the answer. Come on now. I- Almost any. As
0: an American, as a, if you watch, though, the final- is the Isner be final be fair? against Varev? Yes. Is is John Isner's style of play the most scintillating? <laughs> That's Absolutely what I'm getting not.
1: at. Now, no. Grady, you're more educated.
0: There are other reasons you're why not you can cheer for Isner,
1: though. the average fan, so it's a little different because you're, you know, but you've been coached. You've played at a high level. You've been coached at a high level, so you can look at things that he's looking at or that his coach is looking at, and, and so it's a little unfair to cheer try to sell you on this. But yes, the bottom line the is interesting no one wants to watch him play tennis. It's miserable. But if you can get down into you know, watching the difference between Federer trying to return his serve and, and get into his serve games mm-hmm. versus some of these young next-gen idiots who just close their eyes and try to wail on his return, Federer's blocking. Just a simple mm-hmm. thing like that. What are you looking for? What's the battle you're watching Wow, that's the battle you're watching. You're watching them try to get this cannon back right. into the court somehow and then tire the big glute out until, you know, until you can just slice balls to him and he's falling down. Well, the same by the same token back to my sexist argument. Um on the women's side, you know, watching because I guarantee you that watching Madison Keys in the US Open fall apart. I mean, mm. the score it, if you have any tennis knowledge the score is not even close to what the match was i mean it was if it was one and one it would have been worse than the score indicated but watching her fall off the rails like that you can either just say, oh, wow, this is over and not care. Or you can watch that battle, look mm-hmm. at it from the emotional control side. Mm-hmm. And when I say emotional, I don't mean emotional because women, you know, have menstrual cycles and they're emotional. What I mean is there's three parts of the game, physical, mental, and emotional. Mm-hmm. And I mean mental, not just for you. i tell you, you probably know this, but for the fans, mental is strategy, you know, those kinds of things, not. Got it emotional so a lot of people say mental they mean emotional i say emotional to mean emotional control whether you're too aggressive or you get tight or whatever um and so watching those emotional battles on the women's side which sounds even more sexist when i say it out loud but it's the opposite of that but watching that battle and understanding that that's one of the bigger battles in the women's side i think will help people to appreciate it a lot more
0: okay I can did I save myself you, yeah well well okay one more follow up question for you Uh-oh. how did you feel watching women should
1: be in the what? kitchen forget it I- no I'm kidding <laughs>
0: how did you feel watching Marin Cilic cry on in his chair in the Wimbledon final
1: or Andy Murray too at the end when he won
0: when he won his <laughs> right. match at the city open absolutely how how it, the,
1: the battle's still there yeah. I, the same stuff is still there the same sure. battle I just think it's a little more prevalent in terms of the women than the men okay that's all so we all have to deal with those issues. Yeah. I just think it's, I mean, the women don't have to deal with 150 mile an hour serves. True. Why? Just because we're different. Yeah. But again, Corey and I both, and I made fun of Corey because he didn't get BN on his cable or whatever. So I, I really told him he wouldn't switch. I told him he wouldn't switch his, his package because he uh, he hated women. Uh, he just didn't want to pay more for the next package on DirecTV that went up, but Um, but we actually, I mean, there's a reason I say the men's tennis is the weakest error in the history of men's tennis, because I don't like it as much. I like the women a lot better Mm -hmm. right now. It's more compelling to me. And, and I've tried to sell this idea, you know, in terms of the three phases that there's a little more heavy emphasis on emotional control on the women's side than the men. It's that simple. All right. You shouldn't be in the kitchen unless you want to be.
0: There you go. And I can I make don't, I don't want to be. I can make like two things. I'm a things. terrible
1: cook. I can make two things.
0: <laughs> I'm not I'm terrible and nor do I like it. I don't like trying.
1: But uh but no, it in educating people hopefully because I'm telling you women's tennis is going to be that's my prediction. Is women's tennis is going to have to be what carries
0: Yeah. tennis I think the in America. Will swing the other in America way for sure.
1: It will, but it just seems like it's so dire in the US right now that I worry. And so hopefully I mean the, they all kind of sunk a little bit rankings wise from last year. I mean, where's Coco? You know, I mean, but if, I think they'll have a resurgence this year. I hope. And you know, the depth of American women's tennis compared to men. I mean, it's not even yeah close. Yeah. So before we go, if you have a few minutes, sure. So what do you think, next Jenner or a Djokovic slam or huh. neither?
0: I, and remind me on the next Jenner, you're talking about which group of. So
1: like Chorich and team and Zverev. Okay, um, so Zverev
0: is in that group. I, I, I'm going to say neither. I don't think Djokovic will win all four and I, I can't, I don't think I can bet the house on Zverev quite yet.
1: Yeah. If you had to put money on one, you'd go for the Djokovic slam, wouldn't you?
0: I, I mean, it's he's convincing right now. But that, but here's the thing, and and this is what happens: like people get so all in on you know Djokovic two years ago or a year and a half ago. I mean, people thought he was he was going to have he was going to break three never years. lose again. Yes, and and things happen. It's Guilty. You have right. I know. I, I mean, didn't I was
1: actually. Too. You said you didn't listen. I'm hurt. But if you go back and listen, we yes. did say. I I actually said he won't get back to the level he was before he but that's because he was playing at that Connors in 84 level where it was like he couldn't lose a match 74 not 84 where he like the only reason he would have Grand Slam is because they didn't let people that played World Team Tennis play the Grand you know the French or whatever it was so he had one of those years so I I said that he wouldn't get back to that level I might be wrong he might dominate from here on out Especially I know, I know we've put Nadal in his grave more than once, but at some point he's got his career has to end at some point. And he's, I think he's
0: only thir- that's the thing we also forget about Rafa, though he's only 32.
1: Yeah Yeah, but only 32, 10 years ago, that was it, right? 15 yeah, well, years ago, and he's such a yeah, physical his, you know right. player, and the kind of injuries he's had are not little tweaks. I mean, he's a knee, that's not good.
0: It's. I'm amazed that he's still doing what he's what he's doing. I hope he. I hope he is still doing it in 2019. But yeah, I mean, Djokovic. I. I am. I just have to look at the history when I think about you know projecting the Djokovic Slam or. Yeah. You know It's just the most bizarre things have happened in the past five years. Andy Murray could pull it together and get over his hip problem and be a contender again.
1: I. Can't predict injury outcomes because I'm not a doctor. As a matter of fact, I will pass out immediately if I see blood. But you and my husband—if he's a hundred percent, then he'll be four in the world tomorrow. Not tomorrow, but because he's in the two hundreds. But if he's a hundred percent, but how can you predict anything? Because you have no idea. But and again, it's the weakest error. So he's going to race right back to his where he belongs if he's a hundred percent. I hope so. And once again, that'll prove. It's the weakest air in the history, man. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I just think there are too many variables to say. Djokovic oh, for when. sure,
1: absolutely. Too many variables. There's too many variables just within Djokovic, much right. less the hundreds of players that are trying to beat him. Right. So that, that
0: was a bizarre fall off the cliff he had. Um, I, I mean, and there were so many factors. I don't know. Rumored factors Uh-oh. on on that. I. I you just you just never, no, we're dealing with people, not robots, and that sure. is what <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, we yeah. have to remind ourselves.
1: Well, I, I hate doing predictions, but I don't know what else to do with a guest I've never met, and you know what I mean? I don't know what else to do right. you know, besides ask you, tell me what's going to happen. Prove it. Um, one thing we do talk about, as opposed to what we think is going to happen, is what we hope happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on the women's side, I really hope Serena gets back to as peak fitness as she can get to. Mm-hmm and peak competitive level as she can get to so we can have that bar set again so now some of these players like Halep who did get there first or some of these other players are pushing we have a standard to Mm -hmm. compare them against and they will be legitimized which is unfair to some degree but in terms of I mean it's Serena for the love of Pete you know it's it's Mm -hmm. you know she is the standard um and I hope
0: she gets 24, and then I hope she maybe gets 25, drops the mic, and says... I'm out. Peace out, suckers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is there anybody from the 1820s that has more that we haven't heard about yet that has oh, more? Gosh, some kind I of weird stat that somebody has. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't mind at all. I mean, I think she is undisputable, undisputed greatest player in the history of women's tennis. Yep. Undisputed. And I'm a huge Steffi Graf fan. I mean, if Monica Seles wouldn't have got stabbed in the back, who knows? Oh, man. You know, but those are the, the fun things to talk ifs. about, you know, all the what ifs, but um Serena's just so good. She's just so much better than everybody.
0: And she's good for tennis. And she doesn't hater.
1: And she doesn't just win O and O. I mean, she battles for these wins. It's not like she's just, you know, um six ten, you know, and dropping, you know, and just I mean, she's stronger than almost everybody, but still, you know, she's not six. She's five nine, right? Something like that. Five
0: ten, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, so the leverage she has is not overwhelming. I mean, she's just physically imposing, but not to the point where she just blasts people off the court. Mm -hmm. And she's
0: got to fight just like everyone. Exactly. We forget that, and
1: she gets down breaks, two breaks in third sets, and it doesn't matter. Then she just doesn't miss. Then she hits big shots. All the, yeah, she's the greatest. All right, in women's tennis, <laughs> Andy Murray. Okay, okay
0: John McEnroe. <laughs> we make
1: fun of Andy Murray all the time because nobody can ask him a question oh, ever no. without him doing his stupid anyway. Yeah, because he's on the men's tour. When I'm talking to LeBron, I don't compare him to the WNBA stats.
0: But here's the here's what I can appreciate though about Andy Murray is that he by doing that even though yes did that reporter in in the interview you're referring to at, at Wimbledon when he
1: wasn't discounting women
0: he right the reporter certainly wasn't uh, the, you know the reporter was talking about men's tennis but in doing in doing what Andy Murray does on such a regular basis is point he he brings awareness to the issue and i he's you know played hired Emily Maresmo i i just i is think is he still with her he is not. Weird. Luca Luke, Luke, Pui. Weird. Luca Pui. Yeah,
1: he didn't right? stay with her, so he just did it for appearances. Uh,
0: no, stop.
1: I don't like her because she's French. I don't care about the rest uh, of it. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I took French in high school.
0: How did that go for you?
1: I can count to 100, and that's about it. <laughs> I never learned any cuss words either, unfortunately. Oh,
0: man. Well, all all I'll say on Andy Murray is I appreciate that he makes people think. Whether it's talking about the uh, La Blonde, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, speaking of of French, but there was a, a soccer player who was asked to twerk on stage after oh, yeah. the most prestigious yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sports award and European
1: and, sports award. Yeah,
0: and and Andy Murray has something to say about that and I appreciate the fact that he's not scared uh because a lot of guys won't even dip their toe in that pool. So I appreciate it. Well, he but makes people think.
1: It's 2018. He's not going out on any limb whatsoever. He gets a billion times more praise than he does flack for it by a uh, 100 miles.
0: Right, but why d- more, why don't more guys jump on that train? if Uh, i were them i would
1: because it doesn't matter (laughs) they're stupid pro tennis players who mean nothing
0: oh gosh and there's only
1: three tennis players and he's a half he's like the big three and a half okay he's not i hope there's no big four right he's back to the big there's no big four he's not part of the big four
0: i i love andy murray so hey
1: listen I don't dislike. Him. I don't as even know the guy. impartial
0: as impartial as I am. I yeah, you're impartial.
1: I love it. Mm.
0: He's I I like players who are good for tennis. Djokovic does have lego
1: hair, doesn't a, he?
0: he you are not wrong about that.
1: He takes and it he off. He does look like he can remove it. He puts it in a box. Yes. And if you step on it it'll really hurt he your foot. It does
0: look that way, but hey, I I feel like a lot of guys might be jealous of that hair cuz he's he still got a lot of it.
1: That's true. That's true. That's what steroids do. No I'm kidding. He's he's gluten free. It's Rafa that's on the roids. Oh no. That's no, not a fact. No. I just said that to be dumb. Um so women's tennis. Serena, we want her back, right? A hundred percent. We
0: want her back. It would be it would be great for tennis. I hope I hope Naomi Osaka backs it up. I think she will. Yeah. This year. I hope Alina Svitolina wins a slam. Uh, because she is she has a great personality and I think she's she's underrated right. in terms of that. And I hope Sloan continues to do well. And Simona is is a bit of a wild card because I think people are wondering how she'll do without Darren Cahill. Right. I hope well. Uh she has Not me, that. I'm a
1: coach. I want all these players to think they have to have a coach.
0: Well, gosh, on the WTA side, the coaches are getting top billing these days. Like they yeah. they have the press, they've they've at the WTA finals, every coach got his or her own press conference. Right. We did interviews with every coach. It's it's become if you if you're a coach you better be able to speak yeah <laughs> coherently and eloquently because it's becoming not only do you have to you have your coach coaching visits on the changeovers filmed but you're having to talk to the press now which I think is great like hey well, listen, you, so coach, you play
1: college that. tennis do you think there should be college style coaching in tennis I
0: I like what's good for the viewers and I do think that do, do I think that it looks great for women's tennis that they're the ones who have the coach coming out to like assist them on the sidelines because emo- don't have
1: emotional control right. issues right there you go kidding yes. I
0: don't think it looks great for tennis as far or for women's tennis as far as that's concerned but I think I don't really think it matters what I think. I think it matters what people enjoy watching, and I do. There, there are coaching. I listen. I turn right. up the TV when the coach comes for right. the changeover, and I think I think that's a plus. And so, whatever is going to make tennis more interesting to the fringe fan, right? That is that is what I want to see. Well,
1: here's the thing to me: the number one reason I want it is because it gives at least one more, you know, uh, variable. Added into the mix mm-hmm. that might make both players play at their best possible level because ultimately yeah. every single match we want watch we want to see both players playing at their peak level mm-hmm. at the same time. Yes. That ma- that's what makes for great matches. And if you have one extra variable out there that maybe can kick them into gear, then I'm all for it. And I don't see how it we you know what makes tennis special is how oh we got to figure out things for ourselves. They still, yeah. they still do. They still do. They still have sure. to decide whether they're going to take that information, you know, and use it or, you know, whatever. So. No,
0: I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And that's not necessarily a popular opinion. I think most people who watch tennis regularly would say do away with the on-court coaching.
1: And I have no problem that if I'm Federer and you're a qualifier that you can't pay for your coach to be there and I can. Well, we just don't have coaching for that match. That's fine. You know, I have yeah. no problem with it being equitable and making yeah. sure that, you know, whatever. But, you know, I think if, um, you know, I don't know how they get around that. But yeah, I think there true. has to be a consideration for that. Maybe the lower ranked player can, you know, have a, co- it's their decision whether right. they have coaching or not. Something, whatever. That's interesting, Something, yeah. something like that. Because that does make a difference if if you didn't even know yeah. you were going to, you know, whatever. You qualified on accident. Or like that guy that drove back, you know, with his grandma. Yes, he didn't that was bring his coach. Of my favorite stories. Yeah, that was a great story.
0: 2018 so. Roland Garros. Yeah.
1: Well, usually at this point, I ask Corey if he's got anything else, and he knows he's supposed to say no because nobody wants to hear from him anymore. <laughs> Don't worry, he doesn't listen to his own show. So, um, but anything that you want to throw out there, anything we didn't chat about, or something that's really getting anything you fired up for the
0: else. Well, I, I, the one thing that comes to mind when I, when I think about my goal for 2019, and really my goal anytime I work a tournament is, I want to whether it's through a written story, a video that I'm doing with a player, a post match interview on the court, I want to showcase the player's personality, and there are so many avenues to be able to consume that content whether you're watching a match and you watch the post match interview or they clip it and put it on Twitter whatever it is or you're watching on YouTube I I want to encourage tennis fans to seek out that content and find the players that really get you get you going because right. I I I love being allowing fans to see players in a different light because to me that's what makes a lifelong fan is when they hear yeah, whichever that's player a, it is make a, a really you good know point. Del Potro has made his comeback. I mean, he's had 10 comebacks in his career, but he's he's made his comeback at the Delray Beach Open, I think, two of the three years. This will be my fourth year doing that tournament. And, the play, I mean, it's South Florida. You have a lot of Latin fans. People right. are going nuts. And he, uh, I think it was 20, 2016 or 2015. I'm the worst when it comes to tennis dates. But he was coming back from his, so it was like his his major comeback from wrist, like his third wrist surgery. And I asked him if he, you know, what he had heard about his opponent. He's like, listen, I've been sitting on my couch watching The Simpsons for the past (laughs) two years. So I have no idea who, who, what, who's doing what out on the court. And it was just such a, that's one example. I could list several of those, but I, it would encourage tennis fans to, to look at that content, whether it's following a tournament on social media, because almost every tournament puts out that kind of content now do it because you might you might learn something about a player you had never even heard of before and you're like hey i want to i want to see how that person does in 2019 so that would be my
1: advice that's um i'm glad i asked you because that was a really good insight (laughs) no so i I feel a little stalky and i shouldn't because it's 2018 but like i was looking up some videos of you oh sure which sounds creepy but that's right you put out content on the internet on purpose i do um That's how old I am. I'm like, I'm like, by the way, I was watching your That's videos and I feel normal, all creepy. Normal these days. Um, but I saw one you did with uh, Feliciano Lopez.
0: Oh my gosh. So He's first so... of
1: all, is he as good looking as I think he is in person? Holy crap. He
0: he is. I he Those glasses. His, come on. There's a reason why Grigor Dimitrov has a thing for Feliciano Lopez's calves. Yeah. let just say.
1: So anyway, but yeah, you were asking them non-tennis-related questions, and yes. and that's just the tip of the iceberg, and I think you're exactly right that we had, so when I was running one of those Futures of the Challenger back in the day, part of the deal was we helped players get housing, and some of it was with local tennis fans, they would stay at their house, and so we had these players that were 250 in the world and probably never made it, I think the guy I'm talking about in particular made it maybe in the top 50, but the the house he stayed at, those people, they they were his biggest fan besides maybe mm-hmm. his mom and dad, and you know it was like they followed him every level he played at from there on out. You know because he was down in the trenches and the challenges, you, mm-hmm. you don't get any coverage, and back in the early two thousands even less. But. You know, now granted, they stayed at his house, but to a, to a, uh, the same idea, but to a smaller degree, just getting to know what their dog's name is, which is mm-hmm. Del, one of Delpo's big, you know, selling points. is oh, he R. tweets R. out
0: Cesar. his yeah, he tweet, died this year. Tweeted
1: out his dog <laughs> stuff all the time, and that adds <laughs> such a level, you know, of right. uh, depth to your fandom for for a player. So that's a really good idea. And to be honest with you, I think that's on the two tours. I think that's on the ATP and the WTA to do that.
0: And they're doing both sides. I'm good. I know from personal experience That's good. they've invested a lot.
1: I mean the player obviously can do some stuff, but they're busy. They're mm-hmm. busy trying to run their career. And so their their tours should be responsible because it's only going to help the tours overall. Yep.
0: They they do a lot of that and you know, again, the the onus though is sometimes on the players to yeah. say yes. And I think at just about every level, maybe not in the top ten, but until you're in the top ten, I think players should say yes. Assuming it's a, it's a, it's not, you know, a a scam or it's not somebody, you know, you want to, you want to vet who you're talking to, but assuming it's, it's legit, they should say yes, because it's way, it can equal, it can equal actual money for them.
1: Hockey did that years ago, you know, it's just a bunch of Canadians, uh, you know, skating around on an ice pond. And I remember at one point, maybe late nineties, I think they had a strike in the early nineties or mid nineties. And then after that, they started to get crazy. The NHL was trying to get fans back, mm-hmm. and 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 access to hockey players used to be really open, and it helped. And there's yeah. the popular; they're now one of the you know top sports in the U.S. Um, and I so I agree with you that on the tennis side, just getting getting more access to players, mm-hmm. um, which is tough for them. I mean, I get it. It's not that's not an easy thing to give up, but you know it helps your brand and. And totally, the world <laughs> has moved that way. Sorry,
0: I know it's too but, late. Yeah, but it has. It's that's what I would just like those players who are on the rise. I just want to tell them, guys, this can mean actual dollars for you right. if people love you, even if you're not, you know, ranked in the top twenty. That can equal money. So yeah. there, there, is a, there is a benefit to having people realize what a sparkling personality you have.
1: I mean, aside from Dahl, Fetter, Sharapova, Williams, when I was at the U.S. Open last year, I think the biggest, the biggest murmur around the grounds was when Delpo was about to go on court, yes. and they'd rush over to one of these outer stadiums, and it was just packed. You couldn't even get up the steps. It was just packed. And uh, and I think almost any player could do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who he is as a person, his personality is why it's, I guess, it's natural to him and he puts it online. Other people need to maybe open up and, and try it. I think that'd be really good for them. And But I think more importantly to me, I think it'd be good for the game.
0: That's what we all want.
1: Unless you're Jack Sock.
0: <laughs> Poor Jack. I know.
1: He's going to beat me up one day. All right. Well, listen. I really appreciate you. Uh, Really, I wouldn't just say filling in for Corey. I would say far surpassing anything Corey could have done. I'm really saying all this because he doesn't listen, (laughs) and so I'm hoping. um, I hope
0: I get to meet Corey one day. I'll tell him in person that I was better than he was.
1: There you go. Please do. Please do. He needs a little, little. uh, You know, uh, (laughs) knock down a peg or two. So no, I do appreciate you coming in and. a real live tennis journalist. I didn't know we had those in America. I'm glad to know we do have people out there putting pen to paper, even if it's electronically, uh, spread, spreading the word of our fantastic sport, and um, and hopefully that'll translate over time into um, more people playing it, so the game can just be more healthy in in overall in our in our country, which is one of the missions or whatever you want to call it for for this podcast. So. Um, it is good. I will follow you on Twitter now, but you have to at least promise to listen to at least this episode.
0: I promise. And i mean, Can
1: you listen I, to yourself? Is that hard? I hate it. I, not listening to you. I mean, to listening it. to myself. I've, I no, hate I, I know
0: what you mean. I've gotten used to it. it. It's, it's not my favorite thing, but I've gotten used to it. Hate it. But yeah, that's why that's incentive to listen to more of them. You have quite a few.
1: I do have a ton of, too I have many. A
0: lot, I have a lot of catching up to do.
1: Too many. So anyway- So, if you are out there and you're listening um, to this podcast, you already know all my stuff. So, I'm going to forego all of my stuff for you to give your stuff. So, Twitter is that a thing? Right? You're on that. What's your thing? At Blair Henley with. No, like B L A I R. I R. I feel so creepy. L E Y. L no E Y. Like relation. the shirt, like no the, the Henley shirt.
0: Yes, the Henley shirt. No relation to Don, sadly.
1: Oh, Don Henley. Got gotcha. you. I didn't even think about that.
0: I get asked that all the time.
1: Yeah, we. He's from Texas, right? I or he spent some so time bad. in Texas. I don't even know. And you're in Texas, so maybe. Anyway, all right. So that's uh, what about Insta? Uh,
0: Insta B D Henley.
1: B D Henley. What's the D for?
0: Deessa, my maiden name. Oh,
1: Deessa. Okay, Italian. I thought that was your middle name. I was like, say
0: what? <laughs> No, made a name. Made a name. I Sometimes I wonder if I should have stuck with it because it's definitely more, uh, it's distinctive, that's for sure. Decessa? Decessa.
1: Blair Decessa. Yes, autocorrects to disease in Microsoft Word, <laughs> nice. if you are curious. <laughs> nice. Uh, what else is there?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't do a ton on Facebook. That's the only other one. But, uh, who does? But yeah, keep an eye. I mean, I'll be, I'll be and, at tournaments this year. And so. you're all over YouTube. Uh I've done. There is some stuff on YouTube, yes, but I'm hoping. I'm really excited. I'm hoping to do more instruction videos this year. Okay. So that is what I'm. I'm excited about right now.
1: Can you fix Corey's backhand?
0: Oh, you can't. I have. You can't. You're telling me now. You can't. Okay. Good, it's, it's not possible. One one hander or two hander.
1: I call him the fugitive. You remember that movie? <laughs> I do. With Harrison Ford. Yes. The one arm man? Yeah, uh, yes. I called Corey's got a one handed backhand, but he's got a one armed backhand because his other arm just dangles like it's it. dead. It's incredible.
0: Interesting. I have a one hander as well. Nice. So, but it's yeah. probably
1: pretty sweet though. I, I mean, mean, you played it rice for Pete's sake. It,
0: it's worked out okay for me.
1: Nice. I like. I'm partial to oneies because I am as well. Oh,
0: nice. Look
1: at this. You can't fix Corey's. I promise. <laughs> okay. You, you would have to take a sledgehammer to his upper arm and break it and rebuild him completely uh, it's bad
0: well like i said i look forward to meeting corey
1: <laughs> we'll try to set that up so yeah so check out blair henley wherever you can find her tennis videos get some instruction if you get better because of her youtube videos then tell me. uh th- tell her and then really i mean listen the average price for a lesson in dallas is probably 80 bucks an hour so if you get better from one of her center center 10 bucks <laughs> something i mean come on she's helping your game and that's what's the most important thing here is, is actual playing tennis. So, all right. Well, thanks again for coming in and uh, everybody out there. Uh, I promise you, Corey will be back next week. I'm sorry, um, but Blair's busy. So, uh, and until next time, thanks for joining the revolution.